As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hi folks, welcome to another episode of the 59th Minute FBL podcast which is brought to you by The Athletic. I'm Mark McGettigan. You can find me on Twitter at FPLGeneral. It's been a very interesting international break with Mohamed Salah testing positive for COVID-19 and more players getting yellow flags than I've ever seen during a two-week break. Popular picks, Robertson, Chilwell, Brewster, Sterling, Cody and Ward-Prowse all are flagged going into game week nine, while Liverpool have also lost Joe Gomez long term. If you listen very, very carefully, you can hear the sound of FPL managers around the world hitting the wildcard button. The main advice this week is to do nothing until Friday. The manager press conferences are going to be more important than ever this week. Thankfully, it's a Saturday deadline this week, which gives us more time to digest everything on Friday before making our Game Week 9 decisions. A tip for wildcarders as well, I know a lot of people have probably hit the button, but to those of you who haven't yet hit the wildcard button and you're looking at your team and there's five or six yellow flags and a couple of red flags, at this stage, if you haven't activated it yet, I would just wait until Friday because those flags can very quickly disappear after the press conferences, the likes of Robertson and Chilwell could be absolutely fine and there may be no need to wildcard. So... I'm recording on Tuesday, you know, whenever you're listening to this, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. If you're not sure about the wildcard, just hold off. Don't do it until Friday evening when you have all the information and then you can decide whether you need to do it or not. There'll be very few price changes between now and the weekend, so don't worry about that side of it. Game week 8 feels like a long time ago now. A quick reminder of a few things that happened. Che Adams got himself another goal as Southampton kept another clean sheet against Newcastle. Bruno Fernandes bagged himself a huge 17-pointer away to Everton. Leeds conceded four goals again, this time against Crystal Palace. Now, when you concede four goals to Crystal Palace, you know you've got defensive issues. Hakim Ziyech put in a dazzling display in a 4-1 win for Chelsea over Sheffield United. He provided two assists in that game and got all three bonus points. Suchek left it late for West Ham, but finally scored the goal his loyal owners have been waiting for. Harry Kane got a late winner away to West Brom, much to the relief of those who captained him. 
Leicester went top of the league with a Vardy penalty and a Vardy penalty miss. So a bit of roller coaster for Vardy owners in that one. Manchester City and Liverpool played out a 1-1 draw. And last but not least, Aston Villa smashed Arsenal 3-0 at the Emirates with my boy Ollie Watkins scoring a brace to send me into the international break a very happy man. If you are not yet an Athletic subscriber, the £1 a week sign-up offer is still available. You can get it by visiting theathletic.com forward slash FPLpod. Game week 8 shout-outs. I've been waiting very patiently during the international break for this one. He thought he might get away with it because of the break, but FPL General never forgets. Welcome to the club, Daniel Pudence. This is my favourite shout-out of the season so far because I sold Podence for Grealish going into game week 8. So it was very satisfying for me as a seller to see him get taken off in the dreaded 59th minute. Looking at his minutes for the season, Podence, we know he's a good player, but he's completed 90 minutes just once this season. So I will not be going anywhere near him probably for the rest of the season. He caused me too much frustration. But it was nice to see Grealish get a six-pointer and Podence to get a one-pointer. Podence becomes the eighth member of the club that nobody wants to be in. He joins Harry Winks, Callum Robinson, who's got two, Ampadu, Shaka, Godfrey, Dennis Pratt and Andre Gomez. So in game week nine, as always, keep an eye on those substitutions around the 59th minute and send me a tweet if there's any new members couple of notable mentions this week. One for Roberto Firmino of Liverpool. He managed just 58 minutes against Manchester City for a one-pointer. And Rian Brewster, the 4.5 million forward, who is not doing an awful lot this season, managed just 62 minutes. So both of those players were very close to joining Podence. So maybe those are two players to keep an eye on over the coming weeks for early substitutions. A quick review of game week 8 now. How did it go for me? It was a very good one. I made two free transfers going into game week 8. I got rid of Podence and Alexander-Arnold and I brought in Grealish and Chilwell. Two transfers that worked out very nicely. Trent got injured and got another two-pointer whereas Chilwell got me eight points. So two successful transfers there. Hopefully Chilwell is okay for game week 9 and Jack Grealish is just on another level this season. So could well be a season keeper. So it's good to finally own Jack Grealish now. The good and the bad. The good, first of all, Harry Kane captain 18-pointers. He left it very late. It was very close to being another captaincy blank. So that was a very nice late goal from Harry Kane. Ollie Watkins, 13 points. Salah, 9 points. Grealish, 6 Calvert-Lewin 5, a pretty fortunate assist that one, didn't look to me like he got the the knockdown in that one, it looked like he came off the defender, so we will take it. Walker-Peters, a very nice 9-pointer on the Friday night, the 3 bonus points, and Chilwell with 8. So there was more good than bad in game week 8, which makes a change. The bad, Ramsdale, as usual, 2-pointer, Robertson, 2 points, James Rodriguez was disappointing against Manchester United, another 2-pointer there. And Hyungman's son managed just three points. So overall, a very good game week. 77 points brought my total score for the season to 501. My rank jumped from 425k to 228k, which is a pretty good position to be in after eight game weeks with a wild card still in my pocket. And I'm still leaning towards game week 16 for the wild card, but I'm not ruling it out. You know what? 
if if there's lots of issues this week, if those flags don't clear up, if the likes of Chilwell and Robertson were, were going to be ruled out, uh, you know, Salah, then maybe I would be tempted to wildcard this week or next week. So my initial plan is game week 16, which at the moment I'm sticking to. But with any FPL strategy, you've always got to be flexible. And I may be forced to change that plan over the next couple of days or maybe even next week. A watch list update now ahead of game week nine. Five or six players added following game week eight. A couple of defenders. First of all, Reese James at Chelsea, five million price tag. He's played 90 minutes in the last three league games. So he seems to be more of a regular now. And Chelsea have improved defensively. Yes, they conceded against Sheffield United, but that was a pretty unfortunate goal they conceded. He's a great price, Rhys James. He's capable of 15-pointers. You know, he's very good going forward. He can get goals. He can get assists. And we know Chelsea have been keeping quite a few clean sheets recently as well. So I don't mind the rotation risk too much anymore with Rhys James. I think if you have him, you keep him. And I think I'm more likely to get him now than I would have been maybe a couple of weeks ago. I don't mind owning him as long as you've got a couple of decent subs on your bench to come in if he doesn't play. I just think at 5 million... He's a very, very good price for what he could potentially offer points-wise. Another defender who is on my radar, Ruben Diaz at Manchester City. He's 5.5 million. He's owned by just 1.8% of managers. He plays every week, which I like when it comes to Manchester City. There's not too many of those. Game weeks 10 to 15, we know Manchester City have awesome fixtures. So I would like to own Diaz for that game week 10 to game week 15 period before I wildcard game week 16. Cancelo is the more exciting pick from the Manchester City defence, but he's also more likely to end in tears. So I'm leaning towards getting the safer Diaz rather than Cancelo. Cancelo's been playing a lot of games recently. You know, he's a lot more, he's a lot better going forward compared to Diaz, but I think he's a lot more likely to be rotated than Diaz is as well. So my style of play is to go for the more safe, boring choices to take away the possible frustration of rotation. So I think there's a very good chance Ruben Diaz will come into my team, not this week, but possibly in game week 10. Possibly for Robertson, actually. I never would have thought I would get to game week 10 and possibly not have Trent or Robertson, but the way Liverpool are defending, the amount of injuries they have in defence now with Gomez as well, I think selling Robertson is absolutely fine. You know, I would fancy Diaz to match Robertson or maybe even outscore him during that game week 10 to 15 period. And I could always get Robertson back on a wildcard game week 16 anyway. So that is in my thoughts for next week. A couple of midfielders added to the watch list. Theo Walcott, 5.8 million. Don't switch off the podcast. Hear me out. Theo Walcott, he was very good against Newcastle in game week 8. I think he's a good option while Danny Ings is out. He fits into Hasenhutl's style of play very well with his pace and his work rate for that high press. Watching him in game of game, it was the best I've seen Walcott play in about four or five years. He, he was a bit like the Walcott of old. He should have scored in that game. He put a, put a good chance just wide, and he had a couple of other goal attempts as well. So Walcott, 5.8 million. Am I going to buy him? Probably not. Um, I had a mini league last season, and it was called Must Not Buy Theo. So that tells you what my feelings were about Theo Walcott last season, but I think I've got to scratch those now because he was he looked pretty good in game week eight. Uh, I do like Stuart Armstrong as well at Southampton at 5.5. I think if I was going to go for a Southampton midfielder, 
I'd probably lean towards Armstrong at 5.5 rather than Walcott at 5.8. But I think both of them, both of them are on the watch list. Both of them are worth considering because Southampton are just a very, very good side at the moment. Diogo Jota at Liverpool, another option added to the watch list, 6.5 million. 6.5 million for a Liverpool attacker is a ridiculous price. If Salah misses a couple of games, even if he only misses one game, I think Jota could be a very good option. Even a replacement for those who are going to sell Salah. Um, Even when Salah is available, Jota has started three of the last five league games. So he is getting plenty of game time. And we know he can do damage off the bench, you know, for 20 or 30 minutes anyway. So even before the Salah news, I was interested in Jota. So he will be in my thoughts this week if I do decide to sell Salah, which I'll come to later in the podcast. Finally, final player added to the watch list, Gabriel Jesus from Manchester City, 9.3 million. Scored in the Champions League and then scored another goal against Liverpool. Now, the problem here is it sounds like Sergio Aguero is very close to a return. So that will probably put me off, Jesus. But if it comes to give me 10 and we have more information about Aguero, and if it's if it's a case where Aguero is going to be a little bit longer before he comes back, I like Jesus. 1.00% ownership as a differential for that nice Manchester City run of fixture. So it all kind of depends on Aguero's fitness, that one. But definitely one to keep an eye on over the next couple of days. And into next week as well. Which players have I removed from the watch list? I've removed the Leeds defenders, Ailing and Dallas. They're both very good going forward. Dallas played in midfield in game week eight, but we want our defenders to have at least a chance of keeping clean sheets. And at the moment, it doesn't look like that with Leeds. They're conceding far too many goals. I think they've conceded four goals in each of the last two league games. So that puts me off Ailing and Dallas for the moment. They're gone. As is Ward Prowse, because I prefer Walcott and Armstrong from the Southampton attack to just play that little bit further forward. I know Ward Prowse has the free kicks, corners, and possibly penalties as well, but to me, Ward Prowse is a pretty boring pick. So I prefer the more exciting Walcott or Armstrong picks there. Harvey Barnes is gone as well because he was benched in game week eight. I don't like rotation risk players. Now, I do expect Barnes to come back in in game week nine but that was enough for me to to go off him for the foreseeable future phil foden is gone as well he's just not getting enough game time and we could get a lot more game time during this nice run of fixtures but at the moment it doesn't look good pep guardiola has a lot of options there so foden we can't rely on him at the moment fpl wise and finally rian brewster is gone from the watch list as well number one because he's not getting enough minutes and he's also not scoring goals and secondly, I'm quite happy with my Harry Kane, Calvert-Lewin and Watkins front three. I can't see myself changing my strikers anytime soon. Calvert-Lewin hopefully is a season keeper. Watkins has amazing fixtures right up until if I wildcard game week 16. And Harry Kane, he's probably going to survive. I don't see any reason to sell him, even with the tougher fixtures. I'm leaning towards selling Youngman's son instead next week. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Moving on to the Twitter questions now. Thanks to everyone, as always, for sending them in. Again, over 100 replies on this questions tweet. There's a lot of questions to be asked with all the flags going into Game Week 9. I've picked out 10 of the best, which should cover the main talking points, the main hot topics. First one from FPL Buggle. How do you plan to juggle the KDB Salah Bruno conundrum? Is it wise to remove Salah for the time being, bank value before his price drop, but leave cash available to bring him back in. Wildcard makes this easier. Would you agree? So first of all, Salah has already dropped in price on Monday night. So you've probably missed your opportunity to do so. But, you know, when it comes to team value, I don't worry about it too much. I own Salah. It didn't even cross my mind to make an early transfer because we could still have more injuries and more COVID issues before the Game Week 9 deadline. So I keep preaching that, you know, wait until Friday night or even Saturday morning to make your transfers this week. How do I plan to juggle the KDB Salah Bruno conundrum? So I own Salah. I don't own Bruno or KDB, but I do want to own both of those guys. So my thinking on Salah, I think I'm just going to keep it simple. He's more than likely not going to play game week nine. Uh, there's a chance he may not play game week 10 either. And you know we may not know that going into the, the game week nine deadline. If there's any uncertainty over Salah, if there's any chance at all that he's going to miss more than one game, I'm just going to sell him. I'm going to sell him for most likely Bruno Fernandes uh, because I think Bruno Fernandes is the best captaincy option for game week nine. At the moment, I don't really have a captaincy option that I really like. I've got Grealish and Calvert-Lewin who are probably my best candidates, but I don't feel overly confident about either. Whereas if I own Bruno Fernandes, I would slap the armband on him, no problem, against West Brom. So that is my thinking. Salah out, Bruno in, Bruno captain. And then the following week, get rid of Son for KDB. Uh, probably in a minus four. I'll probably have to lose Robertson and get a silly defender to allow me to upgrade Son to KDB. So that is my thinking. There is always a fear when you sell someone like Salah. But I'm not going to let FOMO come into this decision. I'm going to keep things simple. As I said, Salah's not playing. He's very expensive. I don't want to keep a player on my bench if there's a chance he misses more than one game. So all depends on what Klopp says on Friday. If, if he comes out and he's very clear saying, yes, Salah's not going to play against Leicester, but he will be back for game week 10, then maybe I will keep Salah. But even even in that case, I've, I've had a look ahead as well. I think... Like Bugle says here, it's easier for me because I, because I have a wild card, so I can get Salah back easily by hitting that wild card button. Looking at captaincy as well, which is always at the heart of my planning. If I get KDB game week ten, I mean when I get KDB game week ten, I'm definitely going to get him unless he gets injured before then. I plan to kind of auto captain De Bruyne for quite a few weeks right up until game week sixteen, so that makes it easier to go without Salah when I'm going to be captain in De Bruyne anyway. And I've got, I'm going to hold on to Harry Kane as well, who's another captaincy option. So I feel like it's easier to go without Salah when you've got other strong captaincy candidates. So that's my plan. Most likely sell Salah for Bruno this week and then get KDB in for Son next week and then just get Salah back. I can get him back without the wild card, but most likely get him back when I wild card, which is most likely game week 16. No player is essential. You know, you, you don't have to have 
all the players that are playing well. You know, you got to trust your own troops and trust your own strategy and not let fear come into it. Question from Holly at FF Community. Bamford, Watkins or Adams? Very good question. Very tricky question to answer. Bamford, Watkins and Adams are all very viable options. All three are fine picks. I'm biased because I've got Watkins and he's just done well for me. So if I was to rate these three players for the next couple of weeks, I would rate Watkins number one mainly because of fixtures. Watkins has the best fixtures out of these three guys. I'm a big you know, I'm a big FPL manager when it comes to fixtures. Fixtures usually comes first for me. Um, number two, I would say Bamford, just for the sheer number of chances he gets in that lead system. And then I would have Che Adams, a close number three. But there's very little between all three of those. It comes down to personal preference. But for me, I would usually go on the fixtures. And I think that swings it in favour of Watkins. Question from FPL Terrier. Two questions here, actually. The first one, with Salah, Chilwell and Robertson potentially out, Kane and Son fixtures turning and Bowen a mistake, is this the perfect time to wildcard? Now, nobody ever knows when the perfect time to wildcard is. You can only tell when you look back on the season as a whole. But I think this week, this international break, is looking like a very good time to wildcard now with all the issues, with the COVID issues and with the injury issues. But like I said, if you haven't hit the button yet, I would just wait until Friday. I wouldn't worry about team value. And then you can have all the information, you know, at your disposable and at your disposal and then make the best informed decision you can. Now, we've been saying all season around game of ten is, is a good time to wildcard anyway because of the fixture swings, it gets tough for Spurs. It gets good for the likes of Manchester United and Manchester City. So I think Game Week 9 is an absolutely fine time to wildcard. I haven't ruled it out myself. I don't think I will because I don't have as many issues as other people do. Uh, Game Week 10, you know, maybe I'll decide Game Week 10. I'll hit the button, but most likely I'm going to hold off because my squad is in, you know, it's looking pretty healthy as long as the likes of, of Robertson and Chilwell are okay for this weekend. So, yeah. I wouldn't say it's a perfect time to wildcard, but I think it's a perfectly viable time to wildcard this week or next week. Second question from Terrier was, if FPL exploded and your 120k followers grew to 2 or 3 million, would you go on I'm a celebrity? Absolutely not. Absolutely no chance you would see me heading off to the jungle, even if it was only in Wales rather than, rather than Australia. So absolutely no chance you'll find me ever on I'm a Celebrity. Qu- next question came in from Mikolai. Who are the best three forwards on a wildcard this week? Mikolai already has Calvert-Lewin, so he stays. So yeah, I agree with that. I would keep Calvert-Lewin on a wildcard. Everton have a nice run of three fixtures coming up, so hopefully Calvert-Lewin is back amongst the goals. Who would I pick on a wild card? I think I would be going with three cheap strikers. I said I'm happy with Harry Kane, but if I was on a wild card, I'd be tempted to lose him. Go with three cheap strikers and then pump the money into midfield and have some nice defenders as well. So I think best three forwards on a wild card this week Calvert Lewin, Ollie Watkins, and possibly Antonio if he is back for the weekend. So keep an eye on David Moyes' press conference on Thursday or Friday. If Antonio is fit, I'd be quite tempted to put him in on a wildcard alongside the other two. If he's not fit, I'd probably go Bamford or Adams. You know, I'd probably slightly prefer Bamford there. But yeah, I'm all for three cheap strikers. You know, we've seen it last season. 
Uh, it worked out quite well. And I think we're seeing it again this season. There's lots of options in midfield. Bruno, De Bruyne, Salah, Ziyech, you know, James Rodriguez, Grealish. There's loads and loads of midfield options. So having you know, having a, you know, probably four or five expensive midfielders looks good at the moment. And to do so, having three cheap strikers looks fine because you've got the cheap strikers scoring goals. You know, they're scoring as many goals as the more expensive strikers are. So there's lots of value to be had there. So that would be me on wildcard this week. Probably Calvert Lewin, Watkins, Antonio if he's fit, and if he's not, Bamford. And then go heavy in midfield. Next question came in from Asika Jordan. Is Ross Barkley being overlooked? Please give your thoughts on this matter. My short answer to this is yes. Barkley has been overlooked because Grealish and Watkins are doing very well. Also because a lot of people have Martinez or an Aston Villa defender. So it's quite hard to get to Ross Barkley. A lot of people already have three Aston Villa players. Looking at the last five matches, Barkley is averaging 5.8 points per game which is very, very good for a player who cost just $6 million. He's got very good underlying statistics as well, both for shots and for chances created. So I think Barkley is definitely being overlooked. I like him as an option. I quite like the Grealish-Barkley double-up, actually, because most engaged managers have Grealish now or will have Grealish in the next week or two. So we're basically all playing with Grealish. So he's, he becomes a bit of a dead player. We're not going to you know, gain much by Grealish doing well at the moment. But if you add Barkley to your midfield for the double up, I wouldn't really look at it as a double up. Like I said, most people have Grealish. So you really, you know, you look at it as having a, you know, an Aston Villa midfielder who can actually you know, boost you up the rankings or boost you up your money leagues. And Barkley would do that if he does well. So don't be put off by the Grealish-Barkley double up just because they both, they're both midfielders from the same team. I quite like that as a differential with the good fixtures coming up for Aston Villa. So yes, he's been overlooked. I like him as an option. I can't get to him because I've got Jed Steer, of all people, as my sub-goalkeeper. I've got Grealish and Watkins, so I can't get to Barkley. Although a triple Aston Villa Attacking double up, I think, would be a bridge too far for me anyway. Question from Oliver Ash. Would you ever sell a player that you have value tied up in? For example, I stand to lose 0.3 million if I sell Sun. Yeah, so the short answer to this is yes. Don't ever be afraid to sell a player just because you have value tied up in them. Because FPL is not about team value it's not about having value tied up in players it's about getting points and if you think a player if you if you think the player you're going to replace Sun with is going to outscore him then don't worry about the cash um, and I mean the, the other thing is you never actually get the benefit of having cash tied up in a player unless you sell him anyway if you keep Sun for the whole season you're not you don't get the benefit of all the price rises you've got out of him but if you actually sell him this week or next week you can use that money that you've made then for someone like KDB so never be held hostage by a player just because you've got value tied up in them um, an example for me is I'm probably going to sell Salah this week I've got value tied up in him I'm probably going to sell Sun next week I'll probably lose 0.2 or 0.3 there as well. That doesn't bother me in the slightest because I'm going to get Bruno Fernandes and KDB, who I fancy to outscore Salah and Son over the next couple of weeks. You know, a good example there would be someone who says, I'm not going to sell Salah for Bruno this week because I've got value tied up in Salah. But Salah's going to get you zero points if he doesn't play. 
Bruno, if you captain them, could get you 30 points. You know, would you rather have 0.2 or 0.3 million tied up in Salah, or would you rather have 30 points from Bruno Fernandes? I think that's an easy answer. So never let team value stop you from selling a player. Question from Kata Katabramovich. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Nice simple one. Absolutely not. Don't put pineapple anywhere near my pizza, please and thank you. Question from Andy. In these COVID times and international breaks, is it more acceptable to take hits this year as everyone will need to or is it best to play tight and conservative? So I think this season is it is unique. You know, we're seeing it this international break. Even if you haven't made a transfer during the international break, there's a good chance you might have to take a minus four to fix some of the issues, which is absolutely fine. It's always easier to take minus fours when you know a lot of other people are going to be doing the same thing. I still am trying to play my more conservative style of play, you know, manage my squad well each week so that I don't have to take too many point sets. But I do find myself taking more than I usually have. I think I've taken two already. I'm probably going to take one in game week 10 as well. So that'll be three minus fours um, after just 10 game weeks. You know, Usually I would only take four or five point sets over the course of a whole season. So I think that shows you that when a very conservative manager like me is taking more hits than usual, that is absolutely fine. You know, Quite simply, we have to because otherwise we're going to get left behind. We're going to have loads of fires to fight in our teams and we're going to struggle to get 11 players on the pitch. So... Don't be afraid of point sets. Just make sure they are well thought out and they are logical. Question from Aritra. Is ZH an ideal replacement for Sun now that Spurs have a tough set of fixtures coming up? Yes, I think ZH is one of the better options to replace Sun if you can't afford an upgrade to someone like Bruno, KDB, Sterling, these kind of players. Manny, I should be mentioning in this conversation as well. So yeah, ZH I thought was excellent uh, in the last two game weeks, so I like him a lot as an option. There's always a bit of rotation worry with Chelsea, because Lampard always talks about managing minutes and fatigue and stuff like that. You know, we've seen it with Werner a couple of weeks ago. He was supposed to be benched and then he played. So you know that could happen with ZH at any time. But you know the same can be said for most teams, especially the teams who play in Europe, because they're playing every three or four days this season. So yeah, ZH I like as a replacement for Son. Um, what I do it this week, I actually quite fancy Son to do well against Manchester City. I fancy Kane and Son to get me some points in that fixture. So I'd probably give Son the Man City game. Uh, but then again, ZH does have Newcastle, so it is a pretty good fixture. So that is a tricky one. But long term, yes, ZH, I like him as a Son replacement. Final question for this week from Tony FPLT. Uh, would you do Kane out for Vardy? For game week 9 to 15, then swap it back for game week 16. So Vardy does have better fixtures than Kane, but Kane has much better underlying statistics. And in terms of the eye test, I think Kane has looked a lot better as well. I watched the Leicester Wolves game yesterday from game week 8. And yes, Vardy got his penalty, but from open play, he didn't look overly threatening. You know, a couple of half chances was it really. So I've got a lot more faith in Harry Kane. I'm going to back Kane to outscore Vardy over the next you know, five, six game weeks, even though he's got a tougher fixture. So I would lean towards keeping Kane rather than getting Jamie Vardy there. But we know Vardy, you know, especially with those penalties. Leicester have got, I think it's eight penalties now for the season. Ridiculous number. One penalty a game average at the moment. So if, if that continues or, or even just dips off a little bit, Vardy will still be a good option. But I do prefer Harry Kane. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. I'll finish up with captaincy and transfers for game week nine. So captaincy, first of all, I think captaincy is wide open this week because obviously Salah is out where it looks like he's going to be out. The I think the standout captaincy pick this week is Bruno Fernandes. As I mentioned, he's at home to West Brom. In terms of fixtures, it doesn't get much better than that. Confidence-wise, he's just scored two goals in the last game, so there should be... He should be raring to go for that fixture. Always got those penalties as well. And United like to win them. So Bruno is the guy I want to buy and captain this week. Um, the other options, Grealish against Brighton, I think is a good option for captain this week. Grealish, like I said, is on another level this season. And I think we can start to captain him now with confidence. Calvert-Lewin is a way to fill him. Calvert-Lewin, another player who's having a very good season. I think he's a fine captaincy pick if you don't have Bruno Fernandes. Looking at the other fixtures, Newcastle are away, sorry, Chelsea are away to Newcastle. So maybe if you've got Werner or Ziyech, you know, rotation always scares me off. Chelsea a little bit though for captaincy. Spurs play Manchester City, if that's a high scoring game. Son, Kane, KDB, Sterling if he's fit, all of these guys could do well. I do tend to avoid those kind of fixtures for captaincy though. Arsenal are away to Leeds who are conceding a lot of goals. But on the flip side, Arsenal are not scoring very many goals so... Could I confidently captain Aubameyang if I had him? I don't think so. He's just not doing enough at the moment. And Liverpool play Leicester. You know, Vardy is an option. Mane is an option. You know, Leicester have been pretty good defensively though recently. So that puts me off that fixture as well. So I think captaincy comes down to Bruno Fernandes this week if you have him. If you don't have him, it's probably a good week to, to try something different if you feel like taking a punt because I think there will be a big spread of captaincy picks this week. So... Bruno's probably the only player that could do a lot of damage to you in that regard. Um, Grealish, I would happily captain against Brighton and likewise Calvert-Lewin against Fulham. Transfers, what am I going to do? I've got one free transfer. I was hoping to bank it, but those plans never work out in FPL, as we know. So the Salah issue, if he's confirmed out for the weekend, which I think he will be, I will do Salah to Bruno and I will captain Bruno. Now, I'm not getting Bruno just for one game week. Looking ahead, I like Manchester United fixtures for the next couple of weeks as well, bringing me up to my wildcard in game week 16. So Bruno, I will buy him and I will hold him for quite a few weeks. So then I'd be looking at a minus four next week probably to get rid of Sun for KDB and getting Diaz for Robertson most likely. Um, As I mentioned, I'm looking to probably auto-captain De Bruyne every time Manchester City have a good fixture over the next few weeks, which is almost every week. Um, so that makes it easier to lose Mohamed Salah. I'm not giving transfers too much thought yet, though, until Friday, like I said, until we have all the information. If I decided to keep Salah, 
if it was confirmed that he was only going to miss one game, I would probably captain Grealish and then vice-captain Calvert-Lewin and just bank the transfer. But I don't think that will happen. I'm pretty sure I'll get rid of Salah and get Bruno this week. That's it for this week's episode, folks. Thank you, as always, for listening. If you'd like to hear more podcasts from me this week, check out patreon.com forward slash FPL General. Enjoy the rest of your week. Stay safe and good luck for game week nine. I'll be back next Tuesday to preview game week 10. Talk to you then.